Hey everybody, welcome back to the Model Tongue Podcast. I am your host, Karen Ender. In today's episode, we welcome Alexi Landry, co-founder of Crying Out Loud, formerly Lost and Found. Crying Out Loud is a retail shop and social hub where people can find the words to all life events that often leave us speechless. Alexi is one of four friends who have shared experience of becoming a widow at a young age, and today she breaks down grief it's not exactly five steps. Healthy and unhealthy ways to cope, how to support someone who has lost a loved one, and how to talk to children when it's difficult to find the words. We also discuss mourning during a pandemic, how it's different and how to ensure you receive the closure that you need. Thank you so much for your support. Please remember to like, share, comment, and let us know any topics you would like us to cover in the future. Thank you so much. And on that note, introducing Alexi Landry from Crying Out Loud. Hi. Hi. How are you? You You first. You first. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good as as good as can be expected. I know. Same girl. Same. Um, It's so nice to see you. I mean, it's just, it's just so nice to see anybody at this point in their face and their yes. voice is like amazing. I, but I am still missing, like, I want to give you a hug, you know, like I want to, I know it's so hard. Um, especially since we, we have met before and we have talked to each other before we spoke on a panel that was hosted by Charlotte, the raw and basic, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. talked about all the different facets of mental health. <laughs> Yeah, I think there was five of us in a room and it's like everyone brought so many different perspectives and but at the same time it's like it was a lot emotionally <laughs> just go from one person to one person is like, oh my goodness but so needed and necessary because I think we, we really gave a lot to the people who came to see us that day. Um, so for people who missed that panel um, and who will hopefully definitely be at Charlotte's next one when we all are able to get together. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So I'm Alexi, and uh, I am one of the co-founders of um, a company that uh, was formerly called Lost and Found, and we've just uh, rebranded as Crying Out Loud. Um, We are a retail shop and social hub um, on a mission to redefine the journey of mental wellness. I think I'll start with explaining sort of how we came to be before I talk about sort of what we what we do because I think our our journey and the perspectives that we bring to this business are are really important. Um, there are four of us. Uh, we were friends initially, and we all met through um, the shared experience of having lost um, a spouse or partner at a really young age. So um, when you are suddenly young in your 30s and and widowed um it's a pretty isolating experience you definitely feel like you're the only one um it's not something that you know all your friends are going through with you so we through through really the power of, of the internet and social media found each other um sarah was was first and she um she and I were members of the same mom Facebook group in the East End, and they rallied around her and brought meals to her for a long time um, when her husband died. And then when my husband died five months later, the community did the same thing. So she heard about me through them and reached out. Um, then we met 
then we met Shannon a few weeks, uh, few weeks after my husband died. Um, Shannon's fiance died. Um, and I internet stalked her, to be honest. <laughs> I love oh, the beauty of the internet. No. <laughs> yeah, I saw her, um, I saw her fiance's obituary that someone had posted like, again, like three weeks after Jamie had died. And I was just sort of, you kind of are all consumed with death. Um, and so when I saw this obituary of this young person, I like immediately went in and read it. And, and Rob was, you know, basically the same person as Jamie. They had the same interests. They loved the same band. They grew up spending their summers on the same lake. They went to the same high school, the same university. It was just insane. Um, they were sort of a few years apart in age, so I don't know if they knew each other, but I reached out to Shannon. Um, and then and then about eight months later, we, we found Janice. And so the four of us were living in this world of young widowhood. Three of us had young children, um, making it even more complicated. And we really became one another's lifeline. Um, throughout that time and one of the things that we really got into at that time um, was the idea of maintaining our mental wellness um, prioritizing it um, in a way that we never had before um, prioritizing the mental wellness of our loved ones who are um, also grieving alongside us and of our kids um, and sharing um, sort of best practices and, and things that we're working for each other um, that we could sort of use to, to help support one another. Um, because what we were finding was that the, the stuff that was out there on, on mental wellness and, and, and really not mental wellness, really it was more on physical wellness. I think when the, the wellness industry was really booming in the physical wellness space, um, it was really hard to, to tackle when you were grieving or, or in the, the throes of something really hard. And so we had to sort of form our, our own way of, of doing things that were good for us and that, that felt good and that helped support our mental well-being. Um, without the perfectionistic uh, tendencies that were being pushed. And so we sort of had developed this, um, this interest, this, this common interest. And out of that, um, our business baby was born. Um, so we created a shop. Um, we are a, like a bricks and mortar retail shop and also an online shop um, that carries products that are focused on mental wellness. Um, so things things that encourage you to take some time for yourself, um, but simple things, easy things, um, things like doing a puzzle or using an essential oil spray with a really clear purpose. Um, nothing that you have to sort of figure out and do a bunch of research around, um, lots of books. Um, and, and the other idea behind the store was that we wanted a place where you could go to get a gift for somebody going through something hard. So you can come to us if you are just looking to up your own self-care game um, or take care of yourself, whether things are going great and you want to maintain or whether things are really difficult and you want to do something for yourself, but also where you could come and say, you know, my friend just lost her baby or lost her job or is going through a breakup or a divorce and I want to do something, but I don't know what. And sometimes, you know, we, we joke that we're like a, a better alternative to the edible arrangement um, because 
people just don't know what to do. And it, it's great to bring food. Food is like always good. Um, don't stop bringing food to people. But sometimes you want to give something a little bit different. Um, and so we help you sort of curate a nice gift that is a meaningful way to help somebody going through something hard. Um, so yeah, that's our that's our little business and, and mission. And um, it's been about at this point, I think seven months since we've been open. Um, and we're now just weathering a pandemic and as you do. <laughs> I think that is that's an amazing point. It's true. Like when someone especially when someone loses someone, I mean there's always a thing like I want to do something, but I don't know what because yeah. I mean and so the fact that you guys also provide that just kind of nudge or reassurance and just especially since you all have you know you are very familiar with with grief unfortunately right yes um but you can kind of help people find uh, the words that they can't find or the actions that they don't know where to start and i of course you know it's i'm so sorry that you all that you and your and your um business partners and friends have experienced so much grief but at the same time, I love what you are kind of doing about it and you're raising awareness about grief and losing a loved one and how to heal and how to keep healing and how to support others who have lost somebody. And it just reminds me of this incredible quote where I read about like seeds and how a seed will embrace both the light and darkness and manipulate it yeah. to its own advantage. So um, it kind of reminded me of that. Um, grief is also an incredible kind of it has shifted recently because of the global pandemic um because people of course are still virtually losing their lives and loved ones are losing loved ones but the way that we grieve is different now you can't go into the hospital everything is by uh, like technology and ipad if you are fortunate to like have a doctor who will provide that for you um, you can't, there's, you know, funerals aren't taking place to the same extent that they were. So can, can we talk a little bit about grief now and how we can kind of, any advice for people who are losing loved ones during this time and not getting your traditional sense of closure? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, you know, my husband died suddenly. And so I, like many people now, I didn't get the chance to say goodbye Um, and I think that people are struggling a lot, um, with that right now. I mean, you might, you, for some people, I think they, you know, they might get the chance you're right over the phone, um, or, or zoom. Um, but, but it's really different than being there and being with somebody in that moment. Um, the, the first thing I would say is there's no right way to grieve. There's no, um, there's no right way to memorialize somebody. There's no timeline um, to do these things. So I would say to, you know, go easy on yourself um, when this is happening. And keep in mind, like uh, we've talked, uh, you know, I've heard so much about the idea of not being able to have a funeral. I think that... Um, being able to have a funeral is is a really great blessing in those early days because it gives you something to do. Um, it gives you something to plan and to work towards. Um, so, so that you might miss out on. Um, so I would say do something. Do something right away because the act of, of gathering those memories, of writing the eulogy, of 
of you know getting pictures together for a slideshow all of that is really healing in those early days and really is a bit of a lifeline when you don't know what to do with yourself like you just can't you can't really process so i would encourage people to still do those things and with the understanding that what you do now to honor the person doesn't have to be the be all and end all right like you you will you will get to have your in-person moment. It's just not gonna happen right away. And and that sort of fits with grieving because grieving is so non-linear. Um, it doesn't follow five stages. Like, it just doesn't. Um, you know, I always hear that the five stages of grief. Yeah, it's not, it's not real. Um, they, they'll, those feelings all come about. Like you will feel anger, you will feel denial, you will feel sadness, but they don't, they don't exist in, in a linear fashion. So you're going to ebb and flow through these feelings for the rest of your life, really. Um, and so to not, it may feel like absolutely gut-wrenching to not be able to hold a funeral right away. Um, but, but grief doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't leave you. It, the waves start to be slower and, and sort of more spread out, um, but you're always in it. You're, it's always a part of you. And so just remember that um, you can celebrate the life and you can mourn the loss at a later date, and that's okay because you will still have those feelings. It will still be hard. Um, and maybe you'll even come at it with, with a different perspective. Like I, I think we scattered Jamie's ashes about six months after he died. And I remember I wrote, so I wrote the eulogy for his funeral. Um, but then I wrote another one um, six months later when we scattered his ashes because I felt, I felt differently and I felt like I still had things to say and I still wanted that opportunity to, to say them um, and to feel them. And it was no less special because we waited six months um, to do it. It was, in fact, it was sort of something I looked forward to um, in, in a weird way. Like I looked forward to having this, this other occasion where we could honor him. Um, and so... So yeah, I would say don't feel, don't feel like it's like now or never. It's not. Um, and, and in fact, it might be a really nice thing to do at a later date. Um, because the thing with grief, with people who are grieving, and, and this goes to the point you made about you don't know what to say, is that um, the hardest part is when people say nothing. Um, and, and especially after some time has passed when people say nothing, um, when you're grieving, you want to talk about it. You want to hear your person's name. You want to hear stories. You want to hear stories you've never heard before. You know, when somebody tells me something about Jamie that I didn't know, um, it's, it's such a gift. It's such, it's like getting a little piece of him, a new piece of him that I didn't have before, and so I really encourage people to talk about him to me and to my daughter. Um, but it's hard because it's, that is not people's go-to. Same with any difficult subject, you know, like mental health. Um, you know, people don't talk about it because they don't 
want to upset you, mm-hmm. even though the not talking about it is what is upsetting for you. So I think in the end, having to like delay an event or a funeral is a bit of a gift because it's forcing you to not sort of be like, okay, done and dusted. Like we've dealt with that. It's over. It forces you to revisit it at a future date. And that's what everyone grieving, I think really wants to do um, is to have, have people remembered sort of again and again. Um, I think, yeah, I think the other thing that's difficult maybe now is that it feels like everyone is grieving something. Um, Like we're grieving the loss of freedom, the loss of, you know, events and and all all these things that we're missing. Um, And I just, for anyone who is is grieving a a loss, um, just, you know, like, don't minimize it because, you know, the world is falling apart. Um, don't minimize your own grief. Like your grief is still so important. Um, and, and it's so valid and, and it's okay to be sad about it. And even, even if the world is, you know, having a hard time around you, like even if you're not the only one feeling this way, it's, it's really important to, to honor your feelings. Um, and and to do to do whatever it is that feels right. Like if doing a virtual memorial just doesn't feel good to you, don't do it. Um, but if it does, and you just want to see some faces and, and cry together over Zoom, then do that. Um, there's lots of there's lots of great ways that you can you can honor somebody. It doesn't have to be the traditional funeral. You've you touched on a couple things um, that I'm I wonder we can circle back to quickly and. Uh, elaborate a bit more. The first one is I want to talk to people who know someone who lost a loved one and how they can be there to support that person. So first, I think, um, you know, once everything opens back up and if you are in the area and can visit crying out loud and talk to you and your Mm -hmm. staff, I think that is a wonderful way because you can help guide um, and find something that will mean a lot to that person. Um, yeah. Also, course, we can do that now. Yeah. Send oh, yes. Us an okay, email. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Send uh, us an email. Send us a message. Um, just, you know, get get in touch and let us let us help you um, with what to do. Um, there's no wrong thing to do. Well, there's a few wrong things to say. I want to talk about that <laughs> as well. Actually, I want it to be what you can do and then yeah. the uh, things that you, that that you yeah. shouldn't. So we can certainly help you find like a nice gift to send, a nice card. We've got cards that you know don't say things like everything happens for a reason and and annoying things like that. We've got some great um, cards um, and gift options. Um, I think the most important advice that I would give is just don't say nothing like you're not going to upset somebody by bringing up something that they're already thinking about um and that goes for when this is over because I think what's going to happen is that things difficult things are going to happen now and you may not see that person for let's say it's a coworker. you don't see them for like six months And then you go back and you know that this thing happened, you haven't seen them, 
And your gut reaction is going to be, I don't want to upset that person by bringing up something because they seem fine. So I'm just not going to acknowledge it. And that's, that's really hurtful to not acknowledge something. Um, and it's silly to think that, that you're going to remind them of something that they don't already know. Um, so just saying like, I heard about what happened and I'm really sorry. That's great. That's good enough. You know, like some of the best things that people said to me when Jamie died were like, fuck, this sucks. And I'm so sorry. And I don't know what to say, but this is just a really crappy situation. And I'm sorry that you're going through this. And that's, you know, that's better than someone trying to explain it. Like, you know, he's in a better place or he's, everything happens for a reason or that those things are, are hard to hear. Um, and nobody who's grieving is looking for you to solve it. Like, no one's looking for you to have a magic answer that's going to make things feel better. But there is none. They just, just acknowledging someone's feelings and just saying like, I'm really sorry this happened. And I don't, you know, I don't know what to say, but I just wanted to say that I'm thinking about you. Um, and if that's six months down the road, still say it. Um, you know, I mean, better yet, call them when it happens and, and say it in the moment. But if you don't, if you don't do that, and then a lot of time has passed before you get to see them, um, you can still, you can still acknowledge somebody's grief. It's important. For people who have loss um, and they're grieving, are there any unhealthy ways to grieve or cope that they should look at? Oh, that's a tough one. Um it's so individual. Like everyone has to go through their own process. Um, you know, for example, of the four of us, you know, we all grieved really differently. Um, the other three girls, I think they all started grief counseling right away. And I didn't like, I just wasn't ready. Um, I felt like I didn't know what I was going to say, I thought like, you can't fix this. I can't. And I, and I'm a big therapy person. I'd been to therapy like a ton in my life. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't an uncomfortability with therapy. I just didn't, I just didn't know what we were going to talk about. Um, and I wasn't ready. And I started grief counseling two years after he died and it's been amazing and I love it and I still do it. And I'm, you know, obsessed with my grief counselor. Um, and but I just wasn't ready. And, and one way is not wrong or right. Um, you know, I think it's not healthy to bottle up your emotions and not let them out. That is sort of, I think, general life advice. Like it's not the healthiest mm -hmm. thing to do to, to swallow your emotions. Um, but in the early days, like I had a 16 month old daughter. Um, I was a suddenly single mother. It was winter. I was, you know, just drowning in, in the day to day. And I didn't have a lot of time to do all of the grief work that I needed to do. And, and that's okay. Because in those days, I just needed to survive. Like I needed to keep her alive and myself alive and some semblance of a normal life. Um, and, and so, yeah, grieving with kids is like a great example of, um, you know, you can't, you can't, can't schedule your grief like I remember times where I wanted to have like a big grief outburst but I was trying to feed her and trying to to do stuff with her 
and I couldn't. And then I'd put her to bed and be like, okay, I'm ready. Like, let's, let's cry it out. But I just couldn't, like, I just didn't feel it in that moment. And so you have to be patient with yourself. Um, it might not hit you. You could be, you might feel numb for months. And, you know, I've heard so many people talk about how they're not, they're, they're not crying enough or they're crying too much or they're, you know, they're thinking about dating again and that must be wrong or right. Or like, they're not like, it's, there's just no right answer. Like you do whatever feels good to you. Um, and, and screw what everyone thinks. Like if, if it feels good to you, if you like, if you've lost a spouse and like, it feels good to you to start dating six months later, start dating six months later. Like whatever works you, your grief, like your life before, like I always think about like, I'm engaged again um, now. And I think about like my two loves, like I still love Jamie. He's still my husband in, in many ways. And that has nothing to do with my new relationship because it's, it's just a different part of my life. And if I'm sure there's people out there who would think like that that's wrong, there's just, there's no wrong. Like there's no wrong and no right. If I chose to be alone for the rest of my life, that wouldn't be wrong either. Um, so I guess like the answer is there's no wrong way to grieve. Um, the only time I think you're grieving in the wrong way is if if what you're doing is so detrimental to the rest of your life so the same way, same way that we talk about mental health right like if you are not if what you're doing is, is impacting your day-to-day -day and you can't function in your day-to-day -day, then then maybe go talk to somebody and, and try to figure out what you could be doing differently so that you could live alongside your grief but still live and still and still find joy and still find moments but the timing is just all over the place and and the other thing is that you're not going to feel really sad really sad really sad and then like slowly better 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 it's like up and down up and down up and down so in those up moments i always encourage people like to enjoy them because the dips will come right so you might as well like don't feel guilty for having fun don't feel guilty for enjoying your life or for looking forward to something um, when you feel like you should be grieving because you will, you will have those moments of grief and when they come, you will, you will experience them and you will deal with them. But um, when they're not there, when you are having like a nice moment with a friend, just enjoy it. Like enjoy the ebbs and the flows because they, they're going to keep coming forever. Um, children, children. Um, when, when parents are grieving, uh, or our parent is grieving and then, you know, the families of this parent, mm -hmm. can we talk about, can we talk about that just in case anyone listening is in the, in the same situation? I can't imagine yeah. the difficulties that brings. Yes. So kids, um, kids and grief is, is, definitely tricky and and the age of, of your child will really dictate a lot of this um but a few tips so the first one is be honest um you know to sugarcoat things doesn't really work with kids because they take things so literally so if you say like like daddy we lost daddy 
they will think like he's just lost. Like he's lost and he, we have to go find him. Like you have to use really honest and, and straightforward language. Like daddy died and he's not coming back. Um, and, and, you know, you can talk about things like heaven, if you believe in it. And, you know, like we talk, I talk a lot to my daughter about, about heaven and we wonder about it, right? Like it's important to wonder with them, like, and to say like, I don't know, like, I don't know what it looks like there. And I don't know, you know, how it works because I've never been there, but, but I like to imagine that it's really nice. And I like to imagine that he has friends there. Um, so we do a lot of that. Um, it's important to, to model good emotional sort of processing. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's okay to cry in front of your kids. Like they, if they see that you have no reactions because you're not showing it to them, then they'll internalize that as being like, it's not okay to feel my feelings. Um, but the important thing, and, 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 you know, I'm not a professional, just, I want to make that clear. Um, so this is sort of advice that I'm passing on. That I, I always say that, by the way, um, yeah. if anyone listening, like neither, yeah. neither one of us are medical professionals. These are just our opinions yeah. <laughs> and experience. I always say, like, jokingly, um, we speak from our misfortune uh, just, yeah. <laughs> just to uh, bring awareness to topics and help people through things. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I could continue. But yeah, this is, and, but this is all stuff that my sort of grief um, therapist has, has told me and, and told my daughter. Um, so it's important to be able to model that, that it's okay to express your feelings. So like, if I'm crying, you know, I'll say like, you know, I, I'm just, I'm missing daddy right now. And I, and I'm thinking about him and I'm feeling really sad about the fact that I miss daddy. Um, but, but I'm feeling better because I'm crying about it. You know, like crying is good because it makes mommy feel better. It lets, helps mommy let it out. And then I can keep going with my day. The most important thing is that they know that you are still able to take care of them. Like they need to know that no matter how sad you are and how difficult it is, that they are safe and they, that you are able to take care of them. So if you're in a position where you are just like falling apart so, so much, um, that they are, they can't feel like you're able to still take care of them. I think like that's when you call in the help. Right. Like that's where you say like, okay, I need, I need some help here um, for them to feel secure and for them to feel safe. Um, they, it's okay for them to know that you're sad, but you, you do need to give them that message of, but mommy can still take care of you, you know, and mommy, mommy can still, you know, mommy can be sad and be able to take care of you and, and you're safe and mommy's safe and we're okay. We're just sad. And so if you tell them, like, even it applies even to like right now with like COVID, right? Like if you are feeling worried about it and, or you see like they're feeling worried about it, like talk about things that help, like talk about like, you know, mommy is feeling really sad right now and I'm missing daddy, but, um, you know what I do when I feel sad first, I like have a little cry and then I like to go for a walk. Or like, and then, you know, I like to look at pictures of him because that makes mommy feel, feel a little bit better, you know, or like, 
Yeah. I like to put on some music and dance. Like whatever it is so that they can learn. Yeah, little coping mechanisms and, and what works for you might not work for them, but they're learning like it's okay to have your feelings. It's okay to express your feelings. And then and then it's okay to to move on too. And they're natural movers movers on. Like they like um they talk about it like puddle jumpers, right? Like they're one minute they're in this like grief puddle and and everything is is terrible and then like literally like that they're like oh something a bird (laughs) they're fine and you're like okay we're over it um but yeah also um at the store we have a lot of books that can help you um books on talking to kids about um grief and death um books have been a really important part um for me because she was so young books I found were really helpful in, in bringing it to light and helping me have those difficult conversations. Um, and the other thing is that their understanding is going to change all the time. So she will go through a period where she's really deep in it. Um, and then she'll sort of move on from it. And then when her brain develops and she can sort of better grasp it again, she'll all of a sudden it's back and she has all these new questions because her brain can process all these new things. And the things that I told her before are, you know, bringing up new questions. So it's, it's a journey. Um, But yeah, model, model sort of appropriate emotional reactions, which includes expressing your feelings, like feelings are good. Um, Model your coping mechanisms um, and be honest in the way that you talk to them and don't assume that they don't understand things because they do. Um, and, and to be careful with literal language. Um, so if you talk about like, my grief counselor tells a story about how she tells, she often works with kids and, and talks about how like, you know, when you go to the funeral, you're going to see the body in the coffin um, and to prepare them for that. And then they come back to her and they're like, the head was there too. She's like, what do you mean? She's, like they're picturing the body, just the body, not the head. And so like just in your language, just like remember how literal they are. And that with like using a bunch of metaphors sometimes just is really confusing. Um, I think a lot of that's helpful because I think our first instinct when there's children around no matter what age, but when we're emotional or crying or upset is to hide it from them. You don't want yeah. them to see you cry. You don't want to see them. Wait, you don't want them to see you have a meltdown. And so there's like behind closed doors. We talk. We hear a lot about parents who uh, go run the shower just to pretend yeah, cry in the, the shower. shower and go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that's important, and it, and it makes sense to me. Like why? Because then you're you're normalizing crying and being upset, and they could be there with you, and you can explain the process. And I think that would make for healthier, yeah, little people. Yeah. Like my daughter, so she's four now, and she is the most emotionally intelligent person I know. Like she just gets it. She's very empathetic. Um, I see it in the way she interacts with her friends. I see it um, just the way she comports herself. And and I would never wish, you know, her life experiences on anyone. It's you know, it's a it's a terrible thing. But she's grown so much through it, and she can talk about her feelings, and she can use like breathing techniques like she's just so self-aware of her emotions in a way that like makes me jealous because like I was you know I've had anxiety since I was a kid and like I wish I had those tools so early on so there's also these like amazing beautiful blessings that come from a difficult situation 
and like these great teaching moments um, to to help your kids learn about empathy and sort of emotional expression and and yeah that like being sad is okay it's okay to be sad it's, it is sad sad when someone dies and um also about how they take things literally so and i i have heard that before actually you, should, you just be like blunt and direct with using language when it comes to yeah. the loss of someone and you know of course depending on their age but that's the other thing too is their mind so how children think and feel and process things will change like often <laughs> as they as they get yeah. older so um i think it's important to keep conversations around and alive and and you know in memory and uh so so that the the young ones can process it um, as they need to and ask questions as they need to. Yeah. And, and don't, you don't have to do it alone. Right. So like, um, my grief counselor is Andrea Warnick and she has, um, her company is called Andrea Warnick consulting and she has a bunch of grief counselors and they, a bunch of them work with kids, like get help. There's, um, a place in Toronto called the Dr. J's children's grief center, it's also amazing. Um, they have family nights. So like she loves going to things where she meets other kids who have lost a parent. Like it's, she just like really thrives in that environment because she just doesn't feel so alone. Like she feels, yeah. 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 Well, yeah so I feel like, the same way. Like when I, I love going places where there's other bipolar people. <laughs> like, yeah, yay! yeah. Like you're not alone. And, and so if you can find like a support if you can find people um do it because kids really thrive on that they really it helps them feel like they're not alone they're not sort of like freaks because this happened um I find like it's it's a little bit easier and like right now like I feel like when I was a kid everybody had a mom and a dad and they like lived in a house together and it was just so the same whereas like now in her class like she's got kids with two moms or with with just a mom or like with who live with their grandparents or like there's so many different families that mm -hmm. she just doesn't see a family as having to be a mom and a dad and kids like it's that's amazing. just not her perception of a family that just doesn't like resonate with her um so it's it is nice that we see so many different types of families now. Um, but yeah, just be aware that like, they're going to feel different and, and being different is not bad, but, but the, to the extent that you can find somebody else in the same situation and, and connect them, I think that's so important. Thank you so much, Alexi. I think that was amazing. I hope everyone listening just that this helped you in some way. I will of course link all of Alexi and, um, crying out loud information and how to contact emails, everything yeah. in the description. So if you uh, are, are grieving, lost a loved one or know someone who does, and you're just looking for guidance, here's your, here's your contact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please reach out and, and, and our store, like it doesn't have to be grief either. Um, you know, the idea is that we want to help you support your friends who are going through anything hard. Anything. So maybe they lost their job. Um, maybe they're going through a breakup or, or maybe they're just lost having a pet. time. Yeah. Yeah. Lost a pet. If they like, maybe they're just like having a, a bad string of luck, like whatever it is, like it's, it doesn't have to be grief. Grief is like a very extreme example of like 
crappy thing happening to you. Um, but whatever it is, it could be something really small, but it's just something that's if hard for somebody. If you need to find words and you don't have them and you need help finding the words. Yes. Yes. We can here's Alexi from words. Crying Out Loud yeah. and they will help you find the words. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye.